Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Blue, White and Yellow podcast from Leeds United Live, giving you the in-depth analysis on all the big talking points from Ellen Road. All right, pal. Well, uh, I will just uh, get the intro going and we'll set off in three, two. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blue, White and Yellow with myself, Conor McGilligan, your multimedia and podcast editor. I am joined by Alex Dickens uh, of Wolves Live to give us a little bit of a preview on, on the game on Friday night at Molyneux. It's it's always a tasty one between Wolves and Leeds. I've always thought two big clubs uh, colliding and we've had definitely some uh, some memorable games in the past. But first of all, Alex, how are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. And you? Yeah, all good, mate, all good. Still a little bit nervous, to be honest with you. We've got a win, uh, which doesn't feel normal. Uh, it feels like we should just be on this constant losing streak. So I don't know if I feel more nervous at the fact that, you know, we've actually managed to pick up a win. But there you go, that's football. Um, so, Alex, on Wolves, uh, I mean, how's it been this season, mate? It looks like, obviously, seventh place at the minute. And there's been a couple of, in your last five, there's been a couple of bad results. I think you've lost three out of five, but yeah. respect, respectable ones in there as well. A 2-1 loss to Arsenal, a 1-0 to West Ham in there as well. But overall, mate, the package of the season, how's it been so far? Yeah, really, really good, to be honest. Um, I think when Wolves lost those first three games under Bruno Large, everyone thought there'd be a relegation candidate this season. And I know a lot of pundits before the season started were predicting that they'd be in trouble. But, you know, what they failed to forget was that Wolves still had uh, Ruben Neves, you know, Conor Cody, Raul Jimenez, Jao Martino, some fantastic players still. You know, it was never a squad that was going to be in relegation trouble. Um, more a team that was going to always be striving to get back towards... Um, the European place. I mean, they finished seventh uh, two seasons in a row, probably should have broken the top six in one of them. Um, and they are threatening to do that this season. Uh, their form has been absolutely sensational since the turn of the year. Uh, seven wins from 11 games, I think. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're banging form and they've really given themselves a, a great chance of, of finishing inside the top six, uh, which would obviously be the best of a Premier League finish. It seems like um, the the... the, the consistency of this Wolves side has just been there for all to see over the past however many years now. I mean, even I was just looking at the back four of when you yeah. last played us at the start of the season and it was obviously Saar. Um, I think it was uh, Romain Saiz was in there, uh, Connor Cody, Max Kilman. Yeah. Do you think that that's the benefit of it really, Alex? I mean, you've got Moutinho in there, Dendonka, Neves. It always, you've got a core um, nucleus, which is always part of, of the eleven, really, week in, week out, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, if you ask a lot of fans, they'll probably be quite annoyed that the team hasn't changed much since uh, they got promoted in 2018. I think that summer they really strengthened with six top signings. But since then, there's not really been anyone who's come in to, to instantly improve the 11. Um, but it is, you know, it's a, it's a team that knows each other really well, uh, a very tight-knit group. And they, they do still have, I mean, they've been very, very fortunate to hang on to some of the players they've got. Um, I think if it, if it hadn't been for Raul Jimenez's injury obviously last sorry in 2020 I don't think he'd be here any longer uh, 
Ruben Neves, I think Wolves fans must pinch themselves every day that he's managed to stay five years um, because he's absolutely, you know, sensational and walking to pretty much any team in this league at the moment. Um, Jean Martinez, they've kept him here for four years. You know, they've they've got a, a strong nucleus, like you said, that's that's been around for a few years now. So um, I think it's about time that this Wolves team finished above seventh in the league because, you know, they've played Arsenal recently and they're absolutely desperately unlucky to lose both games. Uh, they've beaten Spurs comfortably recently. Um, they've had two games against West Ham this season, won one, one nil, lost one, one nil. Uh, in my opinion, they're probably a better team than West Ham. So they, it's, it's going to be an exciting end of the season, but I honestly feel this team, the 11 especially, is, is definitely good enough to break into that top six. Yeah, I remember it was funny when Neves was, I think you got him from Porto, didn't you? Mm. Or oh, somewhere of the like. Um, but I remember when he first came over and everybody was saying something very, very similar. It was the fact it was Ruben Neves, how have Wolves yeah. managed to get him? Because at the time, his profile was was through the roof. I think he was playing Champions League football as mm. well. Um, I mean, like you've just said then, it, what's what's he been like this season? I mean, his partnership with Matinho is just, I mean, it's probably something that you thought maybe at the start this might last for a year, uh, 18 months, but it is, it's flourishing. It's been flourishing for many years now, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Neves, <clears throat> he's probably always... Um, Matinho's probably always outperforming in the previous two or three seasons. Uh, Matinho struggled last season, but he's had a lot kind of a, a rebirth under Brian Large. He's been absolutely fantastic this season. But Neves, um, he's gone to another level. Um, he's got absolutely everything in his game now. Bruno mentioned when he arrived in the summer that Neves is kind of the player that he wanted to improve most. Because, um, you know, he'd watched him sit on the bench for, for Portugal during the Euros and wondered why. Um, given, obviously, the, the talent he has. And um, he wanted to improve him. I think defensively, he said... And also his his understanding of the game and Neves has been I mean the last three four months just incredible to watch the last two games as well uh, he's completely controlled them and, and probably the main reason why Wolves won at Everton on Sunday um, he was sensational in the second half just kind of stepped it up after half time and dominated it um, and I I was speaking to someone about this last night but I I genuinely feel whenever Wolves go into a game Ruben Neves is playing that they'll win at the moment because he's, he's playing he's playing that well. Um, I think the question is going to come, he's got two years left in his contract at the end of this season, um, whether they can hang on to him for much longer, because he's a player that deserves to be playing, not just in the Champions League, but for a top, top club in the Champions League that, that probably reaches the last four of the competition. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the summer, um, because he is, honestly, he's a, he's a, a joke of a football at the moment. He's unbelievable. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because Wolves have all, uh, I mean, they've always been a really tough team to beat Wolves. I think yeah. everybody everybody knows that. And it's probably probably a lot of the Portuguese. In- they, they, they've previously been quite boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly, I, I, Alex, I was trying to be polite there. But yeah, it's uh, it is, it's uh, a team which has got so many Portuguese players in there. Obviously, we know, how, we know how they play the national side in terms of how they slow games down and they're able to just really mm. break up any phase of play that the opposition has and listen against Leeds Bielsa's, Bielsa's Leeds when it's been wide football it's been aggressive it's been it's been basketball-esque it, Wolves have always been a struggle because they broke the game up and I mean I get I guess Alex of Wolves added to that side of the game um obviously that that's been a thing under Nuno as well hasn't it how has how has Bruno changed that as he made you offensively much more potent what what's he exactly done I think Wolves and Leeds are two great contrasts because you've got, uh, especially previously Leeds under Bielsa, I'm not sure how they'll play under under Jesse March now, but under Bielsa, Leeds were very kind of gung-ho and very attack-minded. And 
Wolves, they have massively improved going forward this season to Bruno, but they still have the the kind of defensive nous and quality and structure to be very, very awkward for other teams. Uh, like I'll think back to when they played Man City in December. Um, they lost that game 1-0 and they should never have lost. Um, it was a horrendous penalty decision that, that cost them. Uh, and they had 10 men for most of the game as well. Um, and afterwards, Pep Guardiola criticised the way Wolves played and the way they set up. And it's not in Bruno's nature to be a, a defensively minded coach. He always says 90% of the things we do are, attack, are attacking based. Um, but obviously he felt that he, could, like, like most managers in the league, would feel going to Man City that he couldn't set up his team to just have a go at Man City because naturally yeah. Man City got the best players in the world and would beat them. Um, so he, he set them up defensively and almost got a result. Whereas I think the following week, um, Marcelo Bielsa took leads there, um, <laughs> played great football, whatever, had a go, but they lost 7-1. And Guardiola praised them after the game saying, you know, this is the right way to play and stuff. But, you know, that's that's fine. He will do that because they beat them 7-1. It's great for him. Doesn't, he doesn't have to do any work. He just puts his players against another team and they're obviously a lot better, so they win. Um, but I do think Bruno's had to adapt a lot because that's an example in that Bruno wouldn't want to go to Man City and play defensively, but he had to because he knew his players couldn't match them. Uh, obviously, in his only previous managerial draw at Benfica, he would have been the best the best team in the league. Um, so he wouldn't have had to, to think about things like that. Um, but he's, he's shown great versatility to, to take on what Nuno had, which was at times, you know, an a overly defensive team. Um which thrived on counter-attacking and made it far more possession-based. They now have a lot of, I wouldn't say they always dominate the ball, but when they have it, they do a lot of good things with it and they try to keep it. Um, whereas previously under Nuno, it did feel like a lot of the time they were they were letting teams have the ball because he wanted them to have the ball so that they could draw teams onto them and spring them on the counter-attack, which is great when you've got a Darmatrower and Dogo Jota, but not necessarily with the players Wolves have got now. So I think there's been a lot of that. You know, we've seen the last two games, Wolves have, you know, dominated the ball and, and won both comfortably. And they're far better against the relegation teams now because they show up to these games um, believing that they've got better players and should win. Whereas it's that it's kind of mentality Bruno's instilled, whereas previously they would approach every game the same and it would be kind of defensive, clean sheet first and foremost, um, and we'll try and get a goal to win it. Um, and that's not the way Bruno wants to play. And um, I think creates him for adapting to the players he's got and recognising that they can't always play like, play like play like he wants them to. But also at the same time, um, some of the football they play this season has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think, I, was it after the Palace game, the 2-0 loss at home where, where yeah. Large sort of, he came out and he said, you know, this will, will never happen again. I guess that is mm. that is the the winning mentality he's sort of instilled in this warp side, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's far different to uh to Nuno in that when he has you know when he speaks to the media he's very kind of um, ambitious and he says exactly what he wants the team to achieve. He wants to to put the team. He always uses the phrase in a different level, um, like he wants to break into the top six and he hasn't he hasn't shied away from that. Um, he told the team and they got to forty points. You know you've reached this point. Now we've got to kind of go and you know finish strongly and not kind of rest on our laurels. Um, and that's what they've done the last couple of games. And um, it's already, it obviously comes from the fact that he's always been a successful coach, obviously, albeit at youth level, um, previously with Benfica. And then when he stepped up at Benfica's first team, you know, he won 18 of 19 games to, to, to come back and win the league title in his first season. So um, he's always been at the top of whichever league he's been in. So I don't think in those early weeks of the season, I don't think he took it very kindly that the Wolves weren't and they were struggling. But... Um, fair play to him, he's turned it around and they've been, you know, fantastic. 
And uh, I honestly think that with this coach, um, Wolves owners need to uh, need to kind of listen to what he says about transfers and things and, and take on board what he's saying. Otherwise, there'll be other clubs that will snap him up because um, he is clearly a top coach and he's, he's going to go far. Yeah, it's interesting when you're talking about styles as well, because obviously with Wolves being a lot more defensively minded than than a lot of the teams in the division, with Marcelo Bielsa's side, it was as as you know, Alex, it was wide, it was expansive, it was it was man great for man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not great, not great for my um, heart palpitations, but yeah, it was it was great for the neutral, I can imagine. But in in terms of because obviously you, you compare it to a team like Wolves in terms of the defensive structure, Leeds in, in in this with this new manager Jesse Marsh, you feel like it's it's going to be a little bit more zonal. We're mm. going to be a little bit more compact, which is going to be a, definitely a different task for Wolves coming up against Leeds. But do you think that's the way we have to go in the Premier League, Alex? Do you, or would you have sort of stuck with with Marcelo Bielsa and, and have continued the expansive football and and just see what happened? I think I think. From the outside looking in, um, the results Leeds had, I think it was probably the right decision at the time um, to give themselves the best chance of staying up. But at the same time, I remember watching them when they came up from the pre- to the Premier League last year. And I, the first time I watched them, um, I'm trying to think of the game on the uh, the first game of the season last year. Is it Liverpool? Yes. Liverpool. And it was a full three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember just thinking that day, they're going to get absolutely hammered some weeks. Um, but they are going to get some surprise results and be very awkward for teams like Liverpool, like Man City that do open up, like they could potentially cause a shock. I know it hasn't happened this season. Mm. And, you know, they got whacked by Man City and they've taken a few of the hammer in as well. Liverpool beat them six, didn't they, as well? So um, the way they played, it was always, that was always a possibility. Um, whereas a team like Wolves, every single game is decided by one goal, pretty much, apart from when a horrendous team like Watford comes to town and loses 4-0. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so... Uh, Wolves have taken a different strategy and they most of their games are very tight and, and close because they do have that solid defence and they do struggle to score goals. Um, but Leeds, I mean, as you say, for a neutral, they were fantastic to watch under, under Bielsa. But I do think um, in the position there, and you don't want them to be boring because I don't think there are many Premier League teams that are boring now in terms of that don't play the right way. Maybe if there is a right way, that might offend some people. But <laughs> maybe, maybe Burnley, the only kind of um, more direct team in the league, I'd say. Um, everyone else tends to tends to get the ball down and play, whereas, um, and I think Leeds need a combination of both now, probably to, to see them over the line. They need to not completely forget everything that Bielsa instilled in them because it was great to watch and it brought them a lot of success. But um, they can't be so kind of gunko and and uh, easy to break down because I know I know Wolves when they've played them a couple of times uh, after the one at Ellen Road last year. I remember Dendonka saying we literally just had to wait for them to tire themselves out. Um, and pick them off. And that's what a lot of teams would have done. Um, so, yeah, um, I think you need a combination of both in, in the Premier League. Unless you are Man City or Liverpool and you've got the best players in the world, then you can just do what you want. But um, obviously, the players Leeds have got fighting at the bottom of the league, you do need to to be defensively sound and they weren't under Bielsa. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. I think it's there's got to be a, a balance, hasn't there? There's got to mm. be, and if and if there isn't a balance, then then there's going to be a struggle at, uh, at either either end of the pitch. But um, one one player, Alex, that used to cause us a few problems was Adama Traore. Mm. Uh, now, 
I, I, I don't think it was his, his end product as such, even though he, he got a, a strange goal at Molyneux where he smacked well, the bar and it went he, in. He didn't, get anything, he didn't get anything for that one, not even a goal or an assist. <laughs> and he literally ran from inside his own half. <laughs> but yeah, I think we always struggled. Obviously, we're just talking there about the man-for-man system because Traore mm. was so quick. Um, he was able to sort of surpass that that man man for man system. Has it? Has, I mean, you look at Wolves' position now, and you think it's not been a, a, a loss at all, really. But um, have you been able to sort of compensate for that pace and that athleticism out wide? I, I think I think it's been quite a big loss, to be honest. I know the last the last two results make it look quite favourable for Wolves since since Adama left. I think it's, um, I think it's probably five four wins from nine games, and they've lost five since he left. Um, all in, um, and I just think the way he was playing before before he left for Barcelona um, in the couple of months before that he was really good, especially coming off the bench. He was a massive option for Brian Lars. Always the first first person he turned to. Um, he scored against Southampton. He scored a goal that was a marginal offside in his final game against Brentford. Uh, he was creating loads of chances off the bench, and he uh, he's, he's a huge loss to be honest. Um, Wolves don't. Have I mean you're never going to replace him, are you? Wolves don't have that player who'll be such speed and, and dribbling ability, uh, but they do have Pedro Neto, who's, who's very very quick, and he has recently come back from from injury. There's a doubt over him for Friday because he's uh, he missed Everton with a, a slight foot injury, but um, he is kind of the nearest thing Wolves have got. Um, he's a, he's a different player, probably got better better final delivery, I would say. Um, he carries the ball well, um, and obviously he was fantastic for Wolves last season, winning Player of the Year before he got injured. Um, but yeah, he, he's the nearest thing. But they, in my opinion, they, they haven't replaced Adama. It looks like a terrible deal now because Barcelona has thrown out little comments every every couple of weeks and they might not um, take up the option. So Wolves may have uh, landed themselves in it with a player who's not going to sign a new deal with 12 months left on his contract uh, if he comes back in the summer. Goodness, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you've, you've mentioned it a little bit, to be fair. Um, on, on on you know how wolves play and the style and stuff like that, but quite a cliche and generic question, Alex. But but where would you where where do you see the the strengths and the weaknesses of this Bruno Large side? The weaknesses they still don't take a lot of their chances. Um, I know they beat Watford four 0 but Watford gave them the first three goals. Um, I've not quite seen a defensive performance that bad in the Premier League. Oh, um, so yeah. Um, they don't take many of their chances. They don't create loads and loads and loads, but um, they are still fairly weak in front of goal. I think Jimenez has very, really struggled in front of goal. His all-round player has been quite good, uh, but he struggled in front of goal this season. Um, he missed two really good chances against Arsenal and ended up losing his place the following two games, but he didn't work without him. Wolves don't function the same way without him, so that's to bring him back into the team. Um Juanqui Chan's a very good finisher, but he doesn't really do an awful lot else and he doesn't really get that many chances in the first place. Um, and Daniel Penens creates a lot of chances, but Jimenez has missed them. <laughs> so they've got good attacking players and you would think looking at their attacking players, they'd score a lot more goals. Um, but yeah, their top scorer this season is Jimenez with six, I think. Uh, Penens and Huang have got five, Neves has got four, and then you know Connor Cody's next thing with three. So um, they haven't been great on the goal scoring front, but so that if Leeds can frustrate them, especially at Bally, where they will be expecting a win, um, because I mean Bruno will admit himself the pressure is on at the moment because they need uh, to keep winning these games to pile the pressure on the teams above them. Um, so yeah, if, if Leeds can frustrate Wolves, that could develop into something more and potentially nick a goal on the on the break. But the good thing for Wolves is that they are ridiculously solid in defence. Um, 
I mean, I know they had a little blip um, the last month when they lost three games in this on the spin. But the last two games, they've looked very solid again. And um, aside from one Richarlison chance against Everton, they didn't look like conceding. They played, you know, Man United, Chelsea around Christmas time, didn't look like conceding. Played Liverpool and Man City, didn't look like conceding. Um, I think it was a 94th minute goal for Liverpool and a dodgy penalty for Man City. So, um, I think there's a stage this season where they, they can see three goals in 11 games. Um, so, yeah, they are um, probably one of the most organised and best defensive units in the Premier League. And they seem to have rediscovered that now with Kilman coming back into the team. Um, so, yeah, that that's the area where I'm, I'm very confident. But it's just the other end where the Wolves are going to take the chances they create. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Leeds fans will definitely take a draw for this one, Alex, 100%. And, and talking about draws... The last game was uh, <laughs> it was chaotic. I, I actually did. I, I looked uh, looked at some of the stats actually, and because you know we're comparing to our, our relegation rivals, and you know you look at Watford and you guys, like you've said, when you when you batted them four uh, nil, possession was all Wolves, which is quite mm. unusual, like double the amount of passes. The same thing was for the Everton game as well, but for the Leeds game, it was almost flip the switch. Leeds yeah. had way more shots obviously that both teams have the same amount on target Leeds had more passes all this sort of stuff but we've seen that script with Leeds before where we've we've had you know not not so much dominate because I don't think we dominated the game but we controlled parts of it and we've not been able to take our chances um when you looked at that last game uh Alex obviously Leeds brought substitute Joe Gelhart on yeah. who started running at Wolves we got the penalty and and then we, we equalized in the 94th minute what did you take away from it? I mean, I mean, I, I remember watching it and thinking, Wolves just aren't stepping on the pedal here. I thought at 1-0, they really could have stepped on it and, and made it made it count. That was Nuno's Wolves, uh, in my opinion. Like uh, That was the first time Bruno had done something like that this season uh, in that he set up so defensively. Um, I think he earned a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of fans are frustrated with the way he set the team that day. Um and I think Neves had a slight issue, so he didn't play him. Um, he only brought him on for the final minute or something. Um, and a midfield of Dendonka and Matinho, um, especially in a midfield two, is is it's not the answer for Wolves. It doesn't work. Uh, it's Neves plus one in a, in a midfield two. And um, I just think Wolves set up so negatively. Um, they ended up just letting Leeds come on to them. And once they got the goal, they got the early goal. They ended up just sitting on it and... Um, it was very frustrating they didn't go and try and kill the game. I think there was one instance in the second half. I think it was uh, not long after Pedence had replaced Traore. Uh, he ended up kind of being played through. And I was just there thinking, he didn't, he didn't get away from his, his lead marker in the end. But I was just there thinking, if that's Traore, it's, it's a clear one-on-one goal scoring opportunity and, and the game could potentially be dead. So um, it was it was just it was frustrating from start to finish, um, even the way Leeds conceded the... Uh, Sorry, Leeds got the penalty at the end. Um, they had so many chances to to take him out before he got to the box. Um, and he ended up kind of just being bundled over by Samedo. So that was a, a really poor one. And uh, probably one of the most frustrating results this season, actually, because of the way it unfolded. Well... That's that that in a strange way is positive and negative because you know we've shown that we can we can at least score against this rear guard mm. even if it was a penalty. But you know the I guess the negatives are that um, that uh, Neves wasn't playing uh, from the start and, you, and you've already alluded to to him being the, the, mm. the sort of talisman really. Yeah. Um, Alex, if I am to push you 
for a scoreline for this game. Uh, we honestly, people who've, who've come on, mate, the predictions have been unbelievable. So the pressure is on, mate. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, if you want to, if you want to predict for this game, mate, or if we could get a prediction, that'd be amazing. Um, I'm hoping for an early Wolves goal, and I'll go two nil. Uh, I think they'll get an early goal, and then it'll be on Leeds to come at them, and I think they'll pick them off. So I'll go two nil Wolves. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick. I'll stick with a one-one, but it will be an unbelievable result. I think, uh, like you said, Alex, the the first goal as it as it is in every game. But I think against mm. Wolves, I mean, I was watching Atletico Madrid last night, and I thought it is just Wolves, isn't it? It's <laughs> it's the game management when Wolves go one nil up. When Wolves go one nil up, that game management is elite. It's so good and. I just, you know, they're such a streetwise side that I think it's going to be really difficult for Leeds to break them down. So that first goal is is going to be absolutely, extra, it's going to be huge in this game. So, um, but Alex, thank you so much for joining, buddy. Where can people find you for for the the, the pre game <coughs> stuff, post game stuff? If if Leeds fans are, are to win and or even draw and come over and enjoy your content. Well, if if they if Leeds lose, they're not going to be enjoying my content. But no. uh, it'll be uh, at Alex E. Dickin on Twitter. And uh, I'm on Facebook as well. But you can also follow our Facebook pages. Sorry, our Facebook page, which is Wolves Live. And obviously our Twitter page, Wolves Live again, at Wolves FC underscore latest. Good stuff. Make sure you check it out, guys. And we'll be back uh, post the Wolves game with Baron and JD with your instant match reaction. Cheers, everybody. 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 Reaction. Cheers, everybody.